0: Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you joining us by television or those of you joining us at airjesus.com. Stay tuned to today's message. Uh, we are talking about walking in obedience, walking In obedience. And open your Bibles, if you will, up to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter... We'll actually look at several verses in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and chapter 6. Deuteronomy is literally the obedience book of the Bible. It is... um, the book of blessing from being obedient to God in the Bible And so we just, we'll just look at some selected scriptures here De- Deuteronomy chapter 5 Let's look at um, chapter 5 verses 29 through We'll read verse 29, verse 32 and verse 33 And then we'll read a few verses in chapter 6 Let's begin with verse 29 Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 29 Read together in unison. Ready? Read. And that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always. That it might be well with them and with their children forever. Also verse 32 and verse 33. Ye shall observe to do. Therefore, as the Lord your God hath commanded you, ye shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you, that ye may live... And that it may be well with you. And that ye may prolong your days. in the land which ye shall possess. Notice how God wants it to be well with us. Notice that. He said I want you to obey me and walk in my way. So that it will be well with you. So that it will be well with your children. And so um, God is never trying to. Hurt us. Uh, He's not out for evil. He's not out to burden us down with obedience for our disadvantage. No, God is always trying to lead us into obedience for our blessing, for our well being, so that it'll be well with you and with your children. And also look at a couple of verses in Deuteronomy chapter uh, six, Deuteronomy six, verse seventeen and eighteen. Deuteronomy six, seventeen and eighteen. Notice what it says, it says continue let's read together in unison verse seventeen. Deuteronomy six seventeen and eighteen. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies. And his statutes, which he hath commanded thee, and thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers and that's really just a sampling of deuteronomy but the whole book of deuteronomy deals with obeying god and all of the good that he has in store for his people as they obey him and not just obey him in the old kind of way but obey him with the right attitude in our hearts which is an uh, attitude of, of love, out of an attitude of love, wanting to obey Him. Not because He's asked you to, but uh, not because you're afraid of Him, but because you love Him, because you love Him. I have children, and I, I like for my children to obey me, not necessarily because of my authority as father in the home. Um, I appreciate the reverential respect and the honor there for that role, but it, it really touches my heart when they want to obey me because they love me and because they know I love them. And so it is an honor. It's a, it's a, it's a love that God, that really pleases God when we obey him because we want to. Um, I like something that Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says that if if you, and it actually shows you the attitude of your heart as in terms of obedience. It says, if you be willing and obedient, then you shall eat the good of the land. So that's not just talking about your obedience, but it's talking about the manner in which you obey uh, with the proper attitude. There was a, a little boy, his mother told him to sit down. And the little boy said, he sat down and he said, I'm sitting down on the outside. But he said, but on the inside, I'm standing up. <laughs> See, he obeyed, but his attitude wasn't right. It wasn't from the heart. It wasn't from the heart. So God wants us to have a willful. Um, I read one verse where it told, um, you know, telling wives to submit to your husband. And I read it, put, you know, it was put this way. It says, be happily submitted. Not just submit it, be happily submitted to, you, <laughs> to your husbands. And so it's an attitude of the heart. So God wants us to obey him, to walk in his ways uh, with this correct attitude of heart. And so here in, in Deuteronomy, he, he goes through great lengths to let his people know that um, And I'll I'll take you there and show you. In fact, turn to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11. Look at what he does. Deuteronomy 11, verse uh, 26. Beginning at verse 26. Notice what he says. He says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Which I command you this day, and a curse if ye will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known. So notice, God basically gives us a choice. He says, I'm, I'm putting it really in your hands, I'm laying before you a blessing and a curse. And then he says, You choose, you choose this day. Which one you want. And in fact, he gave his children, his people there, he gave them a visual image of this invitation. And he said, he said, as you all go into the land, he said, I'm going to designate two mountains. One on the right and one on the left. Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And he said, I want you to designate one of them as a mountain of cursing and one as a mountain of blessing. And he said, as my people walk through, they'll be able to look at these two uh, monstrous mountains and they'll be able to decide, do I want a mountain of cursing in my life or do I want a mountain of blessing? And so that's what God literally does. He, He gives us that choice. We actually choose through our obedience if we want a mountain of blessing or a mountain of cursing. We have a choice. Turn to your neighbor and say, we have a choice. We have a choice. I remember one, one pastor told me, he said, man, he said, when I put sin away out of my life, he said, I stopped having all of that junk happen to me in life. He said, he said, all of the, he said, all of the misfortunes and all of the accidents and calamities, all that stuff stopped once I got serious with God and got rid of the sin in my life. He made a decision because he realized those choices were set there before him. And so, you know, old folks used to say, God won't make you do right, but he will make you wish you had done right. (laughs) And so there are always consequences for our actions. And we can choose um, to walk in obedience and be blessed. Or we can choose to walk in disobedience and have that mountain of cursing on our lives. You know, when you're out of God's will and you're walking in disobedience, you, you sort of feel like you're walking around with a target on your back. You know, you feel like you're just when you're outside of God's protection and you're outside of his covenant, and you're outside of, of uh, you know, his. His uh, guiding and leading in your life. And you're just out there on your own. You just feel like you have a target on your back. You're susceptible to anything happening to you when you walk in disobedience. And so it's not God punishing us. It's us making a choice. And he said, I lay life and death, blessing and cursing. He said, you choose. You choose which one you want to have in your life. And so we make a choice by obeying God. And I really believe that um, there are really three avenues in which we have uh, the capacity to obey God. I believe that there is the Bible. The Bible gives us uh, God's will for our lives. And so this is one of the avenues I'm doing what's in God's word. And so we can live our lives and judge our lives accordingly to in the Bible. And then I believe the second avenue is God's audible voice speaking to you. And in a lot of cases it's not necessarily an audible voice but it's a knowing it's a knowing, it's an inward sensing Um, it's a, a prompting uh the Spirit of God is prompting you to do something in your heart. There's you know, and he's telling you to do something and you know it without a shadow of a doubt. You know it's God. That's the that's that rhema word. That's the that's that um that's, that's so it's not just written word, but that's that rhema word. That's when God comes alive in your own heart and He's instructing you to do something. Then the third way I believe we have the opportunity to o- obey or disobey I would say in situations where um, there's not necessarily a rhema word or inward leading or there's not, uh, this is sort of a, it could be a gray area that's not necessarily in the Bible. And it's in those situations where doing what's right because it's right. You're obeying what's right. You're doing, you choose to do what's right because it is right. It's the right thing to do so, I believe that you will have you'll be faced with those three things in terms of obeying God. There'll be some situations where it's a Bible issue, you know, it's a Bible issue, and you have to um, measure your life based on God's word. And second, there'll be times where God is prompting something in your heart to do, and you know it. You know God's been on you about it. And there'll be third times where it may not necessarily be a Bible issue, may not necessarily be anything in your heart, but you'll be faced with something, whether it's the right thing to do. And those are th- three ways, I believe, three of the predominant ways we have opportunities to obey God in our lives. And so uh, we find that that blessings will attach themselves to obedience. You can't separate. You don't you don't have to chase blessings. Blessings are connected to walking in obedience. They're just connected. They're just if you if you make a decision to walk in obedience to God, to honor his word, to honor God speaking in your heart and to do what's right because it's right, blessings are going to attach themselves to your life as a result. And so you don't have to seek blessings. No, all you got to do is obey. All you have to do is obey because those blessings are attached to our obedience. I recall uh, Kenneth Copeland saying at a point in his life he was just having all type of trouble because he felt God leading him. He felt God uh, impressing upon him to go to another state and go to Bible college And he said he had a young family and it was just impractical for him to do so. So he just ignored that leading of God and continued living living his life. But he said he began having so much trouble, so much trouble. And he said he finally had a car accident. His son broke his arm and he said, all right, God, that's it. He said, I give up. That's the last straw. And he surrendered. And he said, I'm moving my family to the city and we're going to obey you. And he said the moment he did that. God put him on track. God put him on course. God began to bless his life. And so there's something powerful about surrendering and obeying God in either of those three areas. If it's something in his word that we need to come in line with or it's something where we know God is impressed upon our hearts um, for us to do that we haven't done. And I'll say this, you know, when God has given you something to do and you haven't done it. Don't expect to receive anything else from God. Because God's going to always take you back to the last thing he told you to do. And if you haven't done that, why should he tell you something else or give you anything else? No, God will always take you back to the last thing. I remember my mother, she she said that when she had a dealing with her next door neighbor. And my mother actually owned the house that she uh, lived next to. And somebody had bought the house and and my mother sold it knowing that something was wrong with the house. And she knew, uh, you know, that this other owner uh, owned the house. And so the owner came to my mother complaining about the house that she had bought and the problem it had. My mother's like, that's your problem. You own that house. <laughs> and so my mother legally, you know, my mother said, you're the owner of that house. I have nothing to do with that. But she She knew it wasn't right. She knew it wasn't right. Deep down, she knew it wasn't right. And my mother said every time she would go, get on her knees to pray, that lady's face would come up. That lady's face would come up before her on her knees. And so my mother knew that her praying was doing no good. That God was going to take her no further in her journey of faith until she went back and obeyed and to do what was right so God will never um, he's not going to lead you any further he's not going to deal with you about anything else he's going to always take you back to that last place of disobedience he's going to always take you back to that last place of disobedience for you to get it right and so that's that's just the way God operates God will always operate with you obeying him in uh, in the little things, in the little things, before you ask for some big things to do, how are you obeying God in the little things? In the little things, so God's always gonna, He's always gonna move strategically in your life based upon your obedience. And so our obedience is is connected with blessings. It's connected with victory. It's connected with success in our lives. It's connected with health. All of these things are um, a part of our obedience when we walk in obedience to God. And then disobedience is equated with the exact opposite, to cursings, to disease, to poverty, to things going wrong. And so you choose this day whether you want blessing or cursing. And so often when God tells us to do something, so often we won't understand it. So often it won't make sense. So often we can't see it. But God is after the obedience. He's not after you understanding it. He's not after you knowing everything. He wants to know. And this is something God God will actually have you to do things just to test your obedience. Just to test your obedience. Sometimes they have no validity at all. He just wants to test your obedience. He did it with the children of Israel when he, he told them how to bring in the manna every day. And the Bible says God did that just to test them to see if they were going to obey them, obey him or not. And there was no other reason. He told them exactly how much to bring in just to see if they were going to listen in that small thing. Because he knew that the larger things, the bigger things he wanted to take them to would be predicated upon them obeying him in the little things. So he said, I'm going to see with just if they'll obey me and how I tell them to bring the manna in. And not to store any up. And do you know those people? <laughs> they, they didn't obey God. God says, He said, "Get enough for one day. Get enough bread for one day." And God said He did it just to test them, just to test. He said, "Get enough for one day." Do you know those folks would get enough bread for three or four days? <laughs> they would get, they, they wouldn't obey. And, and so often we won't obey in the little things, little. Little thing, my father, whenever my father would hire somebody, sometimes he would give them little tests. He would would sometimes have interviews at the house and he would purposely go out and put paper on the lawn just to see. He would look out the window to see if the person who was coming to be interviewed for a job, if they would stop and pick up the paper. Because that would tell him a lot about that person before they ever get to the interview in the little things. In the little things. And so the Bible says if you're faithful in, in the little things, he'll be able to trust you with that which is much. And so God will often test us. He'll test our obedience in little things. In little things. So be on the, be on the lookout. Not necessarily so much for the great spectacular things, but in the little things. In the little things. Pastor Nathaniel has shared so many experiences about his adventures of faith and obedience and he said he's been places you know about to buy something and God would tell him to buy the other one don't buy that one even though that one is cheaper God would tell him to buy and he would always share how God was always right God was always leading him to, to do what was right but he was in those little areas those little tests because he knew if he wouldn't trust him in little tests he won't trust him in the big tests in the little so God would always he'll always prove us he'll always test us in areas of small areas of obedience. Obedience is is powerful. It's not something to weigh you down and burden you down. But it's a way for you to lovingly walk in the blessings and the favor of God for your life. God means it for your good. He's not out to harm you or to hurt you. God's always... Um, Require you to do things for your own good. And a lot of times he won't tell you why, because that's not your business. Your business is just to obey him. Don't worry about why. Just do it because he said do it because he's your father. And he is always leading you for your good. Here's something I found that was, that was interesting in the Bible obedience is always a prerequisite for miracles, obedience is always a prerequisite for miracles the very first miracle did uh, the very first miracle Jesus did in the bible at the wedding in cana of galilee his mother said she announced him she said whatever he tells you to do do it and she was saying your obedience is going to be very critical in anything supernatural happening. So obedience was always a prerequisite for miracles. When when Jesus multiplied the fish and the loaves, he had them to sit on the ground in a certain manner. He had them to, he strategically sat them the way he needed them to be sat for a miracle to take place. And if they didn't obey him, there was going to be no multiplication of manna or, or bread and loaves and fish that day. Uh, Obedience was always a prerequisite for miracles. If you need a miracle in your life, make sure you obey to the T exactly what God is requiring of you. Obedience was always a, a prerequisite of miracles. You remember even in the passage, Pastor Nathaniel spoke on Sunday. That widow woman, she had to obey the word of the Lord and make a cake first. She had to obey first before her oil and meal was ever multiplied. She had to obey. So miracles always had a prerequisite of obedience. Always had a prerequisite of obedience. And so God will often uh, give us these tests of obedience. And, and so often it will take our faith to obey God. Because God is some, He'll sometimes. Sing in areas you're not familiar with. And call you to do things you, you don't think you can do. And it will take faith. Faith is a big part of our. you got to trust him. You got to believe him to walk in obedience. I want you to go to airjesus.com. You can listen to this message. Message number 7399. You can also email it to a friend. Absolutely free of charge. But thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because brother, you need the word. This ends message number 7399 by C. Elijah Bronner. To send this message number 7399 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 7399. To hear part 2, listen to sermon number 7400. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often, and keep your spirit charged up.